welcome to the latest edition to Hear That Podcast. Growling, Paul Eager, Jay, and Jay Morrison of The Athletic are here with you. How are we doing, Jay? Doing great, Paul. How are you now that you're back in the miserable Ohio weather? You know, it wasn't too bad. I grilled out this weekend. You know, it was like, I know I lived the Arizona life for like three days. You know, it's boring. Oh, 80, like the 80 and sunny every day. There's no unpredictability to it. <laughs> I need I need to wake up and not know what's going on outside. Keep me on my toes. Well, did you live in the perfect place? <laughs> exactly. Well, now, I mean, look, it's warming up. People are getting excited. You know, people appreciate it more. There's more excitement. People binge drink more here when it's nice out in March. Whereas in Arizona, it's just like, ugh, another one of these. <laughs> so I'm just saying, you, you, you got to look forward to that. You know, I grilled out. I not only grilled out this weekend, I built the grill. We bought it last wow. year right toward the end of the season, a clearance. And uh, so I was doing a bunch of yard work on Sunday. And then my wife uh, went to the store. She's like, it'd be nice if our grill was built so we could cook out tonight. And I took that as a challenge. And... um I was working on it. My daughter came out. She's like, what are you doing? I said, I told her I was building a grill and that, you know, that mom wanted to grill out tonight. She's like, you think you'll be done in time? <laughs> they had no faith in me whatsoever. And it well, did. It took me. Were you? I did. I got done in plenty of time. Well, you know what? That, Thanks to daylight nothing, savings time. It's like nothing, uh, you know, the, the beer never tastes as good after like a, you know, a day of yard work. I imagine the burger never tastes better than after you have to actually build the grill, then grill it. Absolutely. It was yeah. chicken breast, but it was still, it was the best breast of the year. <laughs> it's good. Good chicken. Uh, let's, uh, I have some ideas, uh, for, t- for this week. We're basically in the countdown mode here. As yeah. we wait, uh, we wait for next week. Um, next, you know, we've got the, the franchise tag deadline has now been pushed back, which is grand. That's great. They're still going to tag AJ Green. Um, but you're going to have the legal tampering window will start uh, and run next Monday to Wednesday. And then on Wednesday, the 18th at 4 p.m., uh, the start of the new league year and we're, and it's just, it's going to be a wild week next week. We're just sort of in, everybody's really been in this holding pattern held up by this CBA vote, um, which is, was extended to go. Everybody has until Saturday to get their votes in. So we're everyone just sitting there kind of in this holding pattern waiting to do the things that they're going to do. And from, you know, whether we're talking about tags, whether we're talking about really engaging, uh, in seeing where these free agency talk goes or where some of these even signing, re-signing your own, there's just a, everybody's just sort of waiting for the CBA thing to clear so they have a full grasp of exactly, uh, what grounds they're on. And so that ha- sets up as if next week wouldn't already be an insane week. It to be even more insane uh, the moment this thing goes through and we get kicked off. So we're all sort of just sitting and waiting. So today, this is kind of a good chance for us to take one last shot before all the madness uh, to really kind of give a view of where we see the Bengals most likely to go in free agency. So we, we, we've got to look at those. What, what else do so they haven't made their RFA tenders yet? They've got a few notable guys there. We'll kind of talk a little bit about what level those could be and what to expect there. 
Jay, you you've got stats. You did the re, you you gave yourself work last week. A double assignment. I don't know why you keep giving yourself homework on the podcast, but we talked about uh, the last times they went offense, offense, offense. I thought some of the results were fairly telling and interesting. Um, and you looked at trades for future year picks, which we haven't seen them. We thought they we hadn't seen them do very often, and you looked into how many times they've done it. We'll run past for boot. We got all that stuff. We got lots. We got lots to get to. Yeah, the uh, uh, this is actually the second time they pushed back that franchise tag deadline, and it, it really, as far as the Bengals concerned, it has it has no bearing whatsoever. I mean, they're they're gonna do it. It's not like it's giving them an extra two days to 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 sign AJ Green to a long term contract. It, it that's. I mean, it does, it does technically, but they're not going to. But they're not going exactly. <laughs> And uh, really, the real the real date is July fifteenth. The, yeah. the deadline. Well, yeah, to get for that. The deal yes. done. Right. So it's just it's it's kind of it, where, where the Bengals are concerned. That's kind of window dressing. It was originally March tenth. It was originally today. Uh, they pushed it back to to Thursday the twelfth, and then now it's been pushed back again to to Monday uh, at at eleven fifty nine fifty nine a.m. One second before the legal tampering period begins. Yes. Oh, that's NFL. It's beautiful. Um, all right. So let's – here's how I want to do this. Let's take a run and see if we can hit – we can we can hit it on the nose. Okay? Okay. Let's pick our three choices. I have mine written down. We have not discussed these. I mean we've discussed no. them over the last month or so. But we have not discussed this particular exercise before. Our three choices for the most likely players from other teams to end up a Bengal. Now that could be, you know, third wave, fifth wave, first wave, free agent. I don't know where that is. Let's let's take our shots at most likely to end up uh, and see if we can get them on the nose. What do you do? You have any ready in the, in the in the holster? Yeah, I, I think. You know, we've talked about this guy for a while now, but I think it, it, one of them is going to be linebacker Nick Kwiatkowski from the Bears. It just it makes sense on so many levels. Um, I think he he fits them financially. Um, we've talked about the John Thornton connection. Um, I just I, I would have him I would have him my number one um, in the top three. Uh, it's it, it's hard to predict, but there's it's just. It doesn't feel – we've talked about, you know, Joe Schobert is probably going to be priced out of the Bengals' range. He's he's priced out of the Browns' range. Um, you know, Kwiatkowski comes in, you know, a little bit lower. Uh, hasn't been a full-time starter yet. Uh, this this will be sort – not a prove-it deal because I do think he'll get multiple years. But uh, I just think he, he hits the Bengals in that, in that sweet spot. Not just for, for what he is as a linebacker, but because of the fact that he is a linebacker and they desperately need them so bad. I would agree. I have him, I have him in my three as well. I have him as my second guy. Um, second. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I just, I, I, I it does, it does make sense. I mean, it, it does seem to be where if you're going to pick that guy who has, uh, is maybe on the rise, you can invest early in, um, someone that, you know, when you do have someone that understands the Bengals' price structure and isn't going to be as put off by them having a, a less guarantees on that contract, um, whereas most 
agents will just throw them out the window. You know, John's done a lot of deals with the Bengals and understands that you're more likely to collect the vast majority uh, of that contract here than other places. Um, you know, I, I, I do think that all does play into it. Here's one. I don't even think we've really talked about him. We probably should have, but I think further down in the waves, I think there it, it, it just really feels good to me. Derek Wolf. Hmm. Coming home to Cincy. Coming home to Cincy. You know, we, you know, he, there's a couple connections here. You know, he knows Cincinnati, went to the University of Cincinnati. Uh, so you, he'd be comfortable with the city, understands that. Um, Brian Callahan, Bengals offense coordinator, was in Denver when they went to the Super Bowl when Derek Wolf was playing so well. Understands his, his leadership ability, what he's like. I mean, he's just an ultimate warrior guy. I mean, understands how he practices, how he plays, and at a position of need. They're looking to fill, you know, if Andrew Billings is going to come back, who knows? Derek Wolf gives you a little bit more. I mean, he's a little bit more of a pass rush type uh, inside there. You know, you need some some depth there. 30 years old, so. <laughs> so not, I was just going to say that. That doesn't, that, that's the one, that's the one thing that's not really a fit. It, where it's the one thing that's another. not a fit. However, if you're talking about further down in, in, in a second or third wave, mm-hmm. um, you know, they also are looking for leaders and guys that do it right. And it's okay if, you know, he is a little bit older. It's not, you know, I don't think Derek Wolf is going to be a guy getting $10 million. Um, so, but if, if you bring in somebody who can really be a leader for that room and, and push guys to do it the right way, I think that, uh, can be worth something. So I, I have, I have him and he, he seems to make sense to me. And, and I think you could see something happen there. Yeah. I had a, I had another defensive tackle on, on my list and I don't know. He's younger. He's 27. Um, there's an interesting aspect to this. And if you look at the pro football focus rankings of defensive tackles, he is, he is one spot ahead of Andrew Billings. So maybe it would make more sense to sign the 25 year old Billings than the 27 year old David Onyemata. But I, I think that is a guy that they could get from the Saints, um, at a relatively cheap price, get him on a one year kind of prove it deal. Uh, he's, he's also, uh, a big special teams guy. And that's where the interesting thing comes in here because fans may or may not remember a couple years ago when the Bengals played the saints and Kevin Huber got absolutely laid out blindside. It was almost like a Terrence Garvin kind of thing again. And it was not flagged on the field, uh, but the Bengals sent it into the league and, and Onyemata was fine for that. And, and, and Darren Simmons was livid about it. He, he, I mean, that was after they'd put the, the protections in for, for, um, player, for, um, un, well, I can't remember what the word is now, but kickers, punters, those type of players where you, you can't take shots at them like that. And this one was just totally egregious. I don't know how that would mesh with, with bringing a guy like that in if, who has a history, but I, I do think, Everything else about him fits well for for a team that needs to get younger on the defensive line and, and needs to, especially if they do let Andrew Billings walk, needs another piece of depth there at defensive tackle. Yeah, Darren Simmons was really not happy about that. No, but they get over those kind of things. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, I think he might call that as a uh, – uh, 
fatal character flaw. <laughs> uh, it, <laughs> but, but you know, you know, you never know. I, I, I do think that the depth of the defensive line market will make it interesting because so many guys there. Yes. I mean, you go down, you go down the list. There's just a lot of dudes, and you know, DJ Reader is going to come off early. Uh, you know, Chris Jones will be back with KC. You, you get, you know, Javon Hargrave, Leonard Williams, Michael Pierce, Mike Daniels. I mean, these are all guys that are bit, pretty big time players, uh, for, for that position. And, and I mean, then you keep on, I mean, you keep right on going down Shelby Harris, John Reed, and Dom Kinsu, Gerald McCoy, Timmy Jernigan. I mean, these Jernigan. are, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of players there. I mean, a lot of guys to choose from. And Andrew Billings is just, you know, I, I, he's a, picked a, a bad year to come out um and just and just be a guy i mean i think there's a good chance we could see andrew billings back here as well potentially um i i just think they would be looking for more of a leader if they could get the same type of production and more of a leader out of that position but you know Derek wolf and and andrew billings very different types of guys but that goes back to what we talked about with josh tupo which we'll get to in the rfa section and that is mm-hmm. do you need two of those guys you know, if if you've got Tupo who can be more of your run stopper, uh, you want somebody also inside there that can also can stop the run, but then give you a little bit more in a, in a, in a pass rush type of type of role, and you, and you would get that uh, from somebody like Derek Wolf or some of these other guys that we just that we just ran through. So curious to see where the Bengals view that and and end up coming out on that list, but. Um, the the other name that I have is one that I have mentioned repeatedly because I do think it's a fit and it's you know you got to look at corner I think corner is going to be where they're most aggressive we've talked about this a lot um, and you know I, I keep pointing to Logan Ryan yeah and if 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 that's where if that's where you're going to go and be aggressive and, and try to pay a guy you know you can do it. You can do it here. It's at a position of need. You'd have the extra money if you let go of Drake or Patrick. You'd essentially pull pull it, you know, one in, one out. And and he's he's been a leader. He's won. Uh, you know, he's you got to want to come here. That's the other thing. You got to want to Cincinnati. He's got to be a spot that he wants to be in. But if you're paying, if it's if it's a if it's a money game, you, you could you. Probably could pay a little bit more. I don't know how in desire he's going to be when you look at a lot of other, maybe more high-profile options that are out there. The Bradley Roby, James Bradbury, Chris Harris, Byron Jones are all guys that are – Trey Waynes even – are all guys that are going to get more attention potentially than, than a guy like Logan Ryan. That's where I think the, the Bengals could fit in there. So we shall see. But I, I, I'll put him as I try to try to hit the mark on there as well. Yeah, I, I, we have talked about him a lot, and I, I love the idea of them bringing him in. That, I mean, if if you if they hit on your three guys, they're bringing in two guys with rings. That would be huge. Um, but just I don't know. Just I do think he's going to be in in high demand, and just knowing the way the Bengals that they'll they'll have the money to do it. Will they be willing to do it? That's the question. And from from a likelihood standpoint, I kind of went with a guy that's. That's in the the same vein with Kwiatkowski with Mackenzie Alexander. You mentioned Trey Waynes. He's he's you know the main quarterback cornerback for the Vikings. Mackenzie was a guy that 
he, he played a lot, but he, he only had a few starts. He was kind of that, that extra cornerback in Minnesota. Um, he's a guy that, that would prop, well, not probably, he would come a lot cheaper than some of these other guys. Um, and I just I think he hits them more financially, and again they they have the money to to make a splash and get a Logan Ryan or somebody like that. But it just it's one of those things where you haven't seen them do it in the past. And I know this year is different. And there's more of a need, but I, I still wonder if if they're going to be as aggressive as maybe we we think they might be. Um, so from, from a, if I was picky, if I was the GM, Logan Ryan would be the target. But if if I'm picking likelihood, I'll go with McKenzie Alexander. No faith in the, in the resurgent aggressive Bengals and free agency trying to win the offseason champs title. Never bet against the trend. (laughs) It's a pretty significant trend. I, I do. I mean, again, and I go back to it and I can make, be made to look like a fool. I do think you will see this. Off season look slightly different than we have seen previous ones. I do think you'll see a little bit more aggression in that way, but what does that mean? You know, when you go from, you know, what's a fast turtle? Right? Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what, I don't know when you are, when you're constantly going slower than everyone, what, what is more aggressive? And are, you know, are we, we're not, you're not gonna, sh- you're not gonna be the rabbit. What's an what's an what's an animal that is uh that speed level will be considered between a between the turtle and the rabbit? What would be a middle middle of the road? How about a groundhog. Yeah, scurries. Oh, they can move pretty quick. Yeah, I mean, but they don't. I don't think they, they don't move as fast as a bunny. I don't think oh, that no. they're they're not at groundhog level. Maybe armadillo. I feel like. The armadillos kind of slog along, but they move a little bit. They certainly move faster than a turtle. I think they might have an armadillo free agency. Everybody's like, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> Why, just, get, look, go to YouTube, armadillo, probably along some train tracks in Texas, right? Kind of going along at its own pace, not fast, but not like, you know, glacial. Armadillo free agency for the Bengals. This talk, it reminds me of one of my favorite jokes. I don't know if you heard this. What, what is, what did the snail say riding on the turtle's back? What's that? Wee! <laughs> is that it's one of your favorite jokes? Ever, it's faster than he's ever used to going. <laughs> the, the relativity comes into play there. So maybe, yes. maybe, maybe we should have started at snail and, and made it a, a turtle dra- or a turtle free agency for the Bengals. Yeah. Well, you know, that's right. You know, it's the, the, the old turtle versus the tortoise versus the hare, I guess, if that's where we want to go. I, I, I'm sticking with armadillo. That's where I'm going. Uh, let's, let's dive into these RFAs real quick. Um, we've got the main, I mean, the main ones that we mentioned earlier. It's a matter of what the tender is going to be. And just as a quick reminder of how this works, uh, you can put a first, a second, or an original round tender. And those are three different pay levels um none of these guys i would think are going to get a first low i mean that it's almost it's crazy to see i Taysom hill got a, is supposedly getting a first from the saints um which is you know kind of a, a wildly aggressive move it's a matter of if you would go second or original now in the case of these main guys the only person that was drafted 
Josh Tupo, Brandon Wilson, Alex Redmond, Ethan Carter is Brandon Wilson, who was a sixth round pick. So perhaps they would put an original round pick on Wilson, but otherwise there there wouldn't be any compensation uh, for Tupo, Redmond, and Carter if they put an original round on them. I could see them doing a second round tender on Josh Tupo. Yeah, that's I, I had Tupo and Brandon Wilson both getting second round tenders because basically you're I haven't seen this year's numbers, but but if I remember right, last year the difference between a second round tender and a original round tender was only a million dollars. And I mean, I know a million sounds like a lot, but in, in terms of a football salary cap, that's not much at all. And that ensures pretty much I don't think anyone's would be willing to give up a second round pick for either one of those guys. No way. So I yeah, I, I think I, I I do think we could see Brandon Wilson getting a, a second round tender as well as Josh Tupo. I mean, would somebody be willing to give up a six round pick for Brandon Wilson? I mean, again, you get into like trying to save a million dollars, but also then remember about who we're talking about here. So i i wouldn't be i wouldn't be stunned if they put an original round on brandon wilson thinking they still don't think anybody would give him a a six but i mean there there's a lot of love for him they did he obviously is a hell of a kick returner um they liked him as a safety they think he's kind of an emerging player so yeah maybe maybe you do see a second round on those guys i mean we that precedent was out there last year um with trey hopkins who they sort of mm-hmm. saw as a player. They wanted to make sure they kept around. And then what happened? They put the second-round tender on him, which showed how much they like him. He comes in and wins the job, and then you know a year later he's got a full extension. And so it, maybe that's how they envision it going for these two guys, and that's their way of placing their chip on them. I could absolutely see that. Also, some history to remember here. In, it, so it takes you a while back, but the Bengals completely botched this with Andrew Hawkins back in the day. And they they didn't evaluate the market correctly, and then trying to save like a million dollars or so, they put an original round tender on Hawk, which was nothing because he was undrafted. And the Browns structured a contract in such a way that they knew the Bengals wouldn't take it on. It was highly, it was very expensive and front loaded, and all those things. And it was a time when they had Marvin Jones and Mosinu and. And AJ Green, and so they they ended up losing a year of Andrew Hawkins essentially be, in order to try to save a million dollars. And it's like you know, at a certain point, if that's a guy you want, it's a guy you believe in, you want to have him around. You just put the tender on him, so no team can do that to you. Um, so we'll see if if the the ghost of Hawk past <laughs> plays here, and we see Tupo and Wilson get a little extra coin because of it. Uh, those are the only. I, I don't. Everybody else, I think that they'll. I don't. There won't be any. There would be no demand um, for anybody. No, my question is whether whether they were even put a tender on Tony McRae. I, I do think they'll put original round on Alex Redman and Seaton Carter. Um, I don't know. They're so in such a bad spot at cornerback. Maybe they do it with Tony McRae. But uh, another thing. You act uh, like Winston Rose isn't in the building. <laughs> <laughs> CFL all-star. Yeah. They had a, they had a CFL guy a couple of years Years ago, and uh, who, who, oh, what was we, I can't remember his name. The wide receiver, Simonize. Uh, yes, Rashad Simonize. 
Yeah, my guy. That's a big joke. I love him. He was from Vancouver, and I just I could talk to people about Vancouver for days because I just might one of my favorite places on earth. So I, I just hung out in the in the back QC lounge, which is like the weird where all the practice squad guys go. It's like a whole different section of the locker room. Uh, I just hang back in there and talk to him about Vancouver, and then just hope he doesn't get cut. And he 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 obviously did. Yeah, he was one of those guys I rooted for just so I could have a Vancouver buddy. He. He looked the part. I mean, he looked like a, a pretty, like a big strapping wide receiver, but didn't quite work didn't, out. Did he couldn't catch the ball? No, that's and important. I think he's back in the CFL now. Oh, okay. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe that's your homework. I want a Rashawn Simonize update this week. <laughs> that's what I Where are they now? Yeah. <laughs> um, one thing to mention too, uh, we we've talked about the dates, uh, the the date for the Bengals to uh, tender these guys. Is uh, 4 p.m. a week from tomorrow. Uh, so right when the when the new league year begins, that's that's the deadline for them to tender them. Um, last year, they put that second round tender on Trey Hopkins two days before the new league year began. So really, we're we're right in that window. The, these moves could be they could happen later this week, or it could they could wait till Monday till the the CBA vote is official and the tag thing is out of the way and the, the legal tampering period begins. But uh, it's all it's all coming within the next week. Yeah, um, nothing groundbreaking either. Either yeah. way, again, I think Tupo and Wilson, the two most interesting uh, of that lot. Um, last week we brought up the idea of the Bengals going offense, offense, offense with their first three picks, and you looked up the history of teams doing that. And there's quite a bit of it, um, but what I found most interesting was how many of those went along with a quarterback taken in the first three picks mm-hmm. in the last ten years. It it was startling. It was like almost every single year when a team took a quarterback right at the top, they took the next two picks to build around them with either playmakers or offensive linemen. It, it's it's a very a much clearer strategy as far as how much it's been used than I thought it would be. Yeah, because overall it didn't happen a lot. I looked at the last ten years. There's 32 teams in the league, so that was 320 drafts, and there was only 27 where a team went offense, offense, offense. So eight percent of the time a team went offense, offense, offense. But three of those were last year. The Broncos, Vikings, and Eagles did it, and the Cardinals and Ravens did it. In 2018, and you know Lamar Jackson with the the Ravens, they built around him. The Broncos went Drew Locke in the in the third round. It's not like they were get, they were hoping to get a franchise guy, but it wasn't a top of the draft. But you're right. You look at the other when the Rams took the Rams are the crazy outlier in this whole thing because in, in 2015 they took Todd Gurley in the first round. They went offensive players with their first seven picks. <laughs> then I mean that's almost unheard of. Then they came back the next year, and their first four picks were offensive guys, starting with Jared Goff, um, the, the first round quarterback. But the year before, the Buccaneers did it with Jameis Winston. They they did it. They followed him up with two offensive linemen, Marcus Mariota. The Titans took him first round. Uh, they got him an offensive lineman and a wide receiver. And it's just across the board: Blake Bortles, um, Andrew Luck. RG3, Blaine Gabbert, Jimmy Clausen, all these guys that went in the first round that the team followed it up with 
with offensive guys, and a lot of time it was it was the weapons. They they went and got two more wide receivers to pair with with him. I don't I don't I don't see the Bengals doing that, but uh, I do as much as they need linebacker. If they can get a good one in free agency, I, I do think the possibility out is out there for Joe Burrow and then wide receiver and tackle or tackle and wide receiver in either of those orders, depending on who's there. And again, it goes back to the draw and how much of a game changer it would be to get that extra second round pick if you could make that happen for Andy Dalton. Um, mm. you know, because then you set yourself up where you get both the linebacker and you get all of those, right? Then you go quarterback, say receiver, linebacker, offensive tackle, whatever, in some different order. You, you can end up checking all of those boxes off, essentially. Um, and, and giving him the weapons and feeding your linebacker position, you know, that's a big deal. And I, I, I just, that would make more sense to me. And you, you look at the different, so many options out there at receiver, that feels inevitable. It's a matter of, God, how badly they need to add some other influence on the offensive line. And we'll see what happens in free agency, but you just get the feeling as, you know, so many of these offensive linemen are going to get huge contracts and, and you get, you know, Graham Glasgow, who I, I think the Bengals would love to have is probably going to get a big contract as teams really, really, you know, start to maneuver themselves for him. You're not going to be seeing a major upgrade there. They need some sort of upgrade in the offensive line. So what are you talking about? It's, it's got to be a, a fairly early pick that you feel like you could plug in and be maybe ready to go early in the season or, or, or whenever. So, you know, that's got to be in play. Yeah. And you want, I mean, they're, they're really high on Fred Johnson. Fred Johnson's really high on Fred Johnson. Um, but you know, last year they, they put their, you know, they had Andre Smith and John Jerry. They, they had these guys that they were willing to roll with as contingency plans and then they ended up having to start. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they feel really comfortable with, with the chance of, you know, Fred Johnson or with the, the idea of Fred Johnson and, and Bobby Hart at right tackle. And it, it's not a tackle in the first three rounds. It's they go get a guard and try to upgrade John Miller's spot. Um, but. I do. I think I, for the longest time, I was like, it's got to be linebacker, got to be linebacker in the second round. And I'm starting after digging into the, the way it's gone in the past, I'm starting to kind of come around and think maybe that is the best option to just load up on offense, put the pieces around Joe Burrow and uh, address the address the linebacker and the other issues on defense and free agency. Well, I, and I mean, look, th- this has been done a lot because it, it makes sense. You're trying to give mm-hmm. support to your rookie quarterback. You don't want him to send him out there and, and not either A, not have weapons or, or B, feel like he's running for his life. I mean, if this team doesn't do something to improve their offensive line, then they deserve what they get. And it continues to be a problem until you really go after it, until you really try to change it. It's going to continue to be a liability. And, you know, how much can you afford that to be a liability with a rookie quarterback out there? I don't care what his pocket presence is, is, is like, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. You can be the greatest in the world, but if you're back there running for your life, like, you know, quarterbacks have been, uh, behind this offensive line, you're screwed. And, and until they address it, it's, it's going to be what they are. And they just refuse to do that. And, you know, whether that's early in the draft, 
uh, or, or whether that's actually going out and, and going after somebody in, in free agency, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see where it ends up being. But if you think you're going to roll out there and just put Jonah Williams in at left tackle in place of Cordy Glenn, who's gone, you got another thing coming. Like, Fred, what is Fred Johnson going to be? How, how much better do you feel with Fred Johnson at right tackle versus Bobby Hart? Like, what are we talking about? And Michael well, Jordan at left guard, by the way, I mean, you can say maybe he's he's on the rise. He's coming in his second year, and he started to play a little bit better at the end of the year. He was bad. He was bad. He got benched. Yeah. So, I mean, what you know, Trey Hopkins, I, I'm glad you gave him an extension. He's a very smart player. He's a good, solid center. He, You know, we're not, we're not talking about Travis Frederick. Like... He's a, he's a, he's a nice, nice player. I'll take him at center. That's fine. If, assuming you have some really good players around him and they don't. No. So they better go get some. They better find some or else you're going to have Joe Burrow dropping back and thinking, I really wish I would have gotten the hell out of here. <laughs> it doesn't, you, you said it. It doesn't matter what his pocket presence is or how fast he reads the defense. If, if, if he's got guys in his face, it's, it's going to be ugly. Um, I don't know. I, they took Zeitler in the first round back in what was that twelve? I just they I know teams are more apt to take guards early, but it just seems like this it's not this franchise's philosophy. Well, so, I mean they did. I mean it's I don't have a it's so clearly a weakness. Yeah, I mean it's so clearly I mean, a weakness, and and they it's not like did, I mean did the Zeitler pick not work out? Right, he was great. He was great. Just because they didn't re-sign him, they got they got you know five years, mm-hmm. a very of a, a very good Kevin Zeitler on a really good de- offense. So, you know, I, I don't really know wh- if there would be a recent argument against it. It, it, it. You know, not valuing guard in how you pay them is not to say that you don't value the position as it's played. You know. I'm just saying, if you are, if you're looking to fix your offensive line right now, those were the guard spots were their weakest spots last year, and that's saying something when Bobby Hart was out there. <laughs> hey, you think the Colts are happy with Quentin Nelson taking up using a high pick on him? I mean, right? If you get it right, you've got that guy for at least five years. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason those salaries have have gone up in recent years. I mean, it, because people do see the value in it, and they do see what's happening. And it, I mean, it was they didn't have anybody to push everybody around in that running scheme last year, and that's why they had to they had to rip it up because mm-hmm. they have anybody who had who had real power inside to really make that happen. So if they could find somebody who at 33 is a plug and play start day one guard, I mean, if you're picking somebody at 33, they are. They're starting probably day one. You have to assume yeah. at that position. So if you can do that, you have a starter there, then you do that. You know? I mean, I. it's just weird, like, this, this hedge against offensive line, and that's what I find will be really interesting. I'm like, oh, you know, just you know, Fred Johnson, Michael Jordan. Like, what is that? Hope. That's, that's not a strategy. Hope. It's right. hope. Hope is hope not, is not a, plan. a plan. It's it's just I just don't understand it. It's like it's clearly your biggest problem. Fix it. 
Just go fix it. And really do it. Don't half-ass and hope. Maybe Fred Johnson will be a guy. Maybe he will. But you have no guarantees on that. None. None. Why am I all hot and bothered about this? So Come yeah, they, again, <laughs> two weeks in a row. Um, but I so, what your your thought with this? Would you? Because obviously, with receiver being so deep, would, would you be good with them going Burrow and then guard tackle or tackle guard and putting the receiver off for for fourth round or later in the draft? I keep looking at that Bears number fifty and keep thinking it sure would be nice to have that because then you could it really is it's it's you know I I you go with like a some a guard tackle type uh, at number thirty three or or you know if you're if you're doing that you can probably trade back and get that type of guy at like thirty eight or thirty nine or whatever and then you add a four or a late three now you're adding quantity you take a guard. Then you can get one of these receivers probably at fifty, and then you can take a get you a third round linebacker. In there. Yeah. You know how that goes. The thing is, I just I don't see the I can't the Bears can't afford to give up that pick. That's for a guy that may or may not be their starting quarterback. I mean, that's, I mean but if that's the cost of them getting competition and what they want, maybe they can't. Maybe, maybe they, they trade somebody else and get some more picks. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, I mean, maybe they move. On their maybe roster, they move but. back out of 43. Maybe they. Yeah, yeah, I mean, who knows how they how they figure that out? Um, maybe you know you're looking at potentially getting a comp for Dalton down the line uh, as well to sort of offset. But you know, there's you got that. I mean, that's what the Bengals are staring at right now. Like, how can we get a nut, some more picks up there? How can we get back in the mix and, and try to fix this? I think it's it's imperative that they find some way to do it. And and maybe it's just adding, you know, even if you're talking about adding threes, you know, you're still talking about what can be a very high-level, pretty instant impact player. Um, you know, we saw Orlando Brown was a third-round pick a few years ago, you know, whatever that was, two years ago um, for the for the Ravens. He's in the Pro Bowl now. Um, you can you can find guys. It's a bit of a crapshoot, obviously, back there. But you certainly can find guys who can come in and play for you immediately in that position. Um, or you can find Michael Jordan, who's going to be a liability for a half season or more. Or maybe you'll bet on him and he won't be any good. Uh, those are also the options back there. So we shall see. Uh, the other thing that you did was the trades for future year picks that we talked about last week. Yeah. Break it down um, for me. They they haven't done it a lot. We were we were debating, you know, what the the one that immediately leapt to mind was the Carson Palmer one, and they they got a a next year pick, and then they had one that was the second rounder that was put off for two years later, and that ended up being Giovanni Bernard, which was that uh, they got a great haul for that trade. Um, there was one since then, um, in right before final cut down day in two thousand seventeen. They traded uh, Benet Benwickery, who they're going to cut anyhow. Um, they traded him for a, a conditional six-round pick to the Cowboys. And then they uh, last year they ended up making that pick. It was number 198 overall. They ended up sending that in a deal to San Francisco to move up a few spots in the fourth round to take Ryan Finley. So uh, those are the only two since 
1993. They, the, the Bengals have done it 12 times in their history. Um, 93 may have been the the one that changed their philosophy. This is crazy. I, I still don't understand how this worked. But okay, so in March of 93, they got a a conditional 1994 second round pick and a 1993 third round pick for Boomer. And with a third round pick, they drafted Steve Tovar, and then they're figuring, okay, Boomer goes to the Jets and plays well, and then we've got a second round pick in, in 94. Well, I don't know what the terms of that deal were. They must have been horribly against the Bengals because Boomer didn't meet the qualifications for for the Bengals to get that second round pick, whatever those conditions were. But get this, that year in '93, I don't know, I don't know how he didn't meet the the conditions. He started all 16 games. The team went eight and eight. Uh, he had 473 pass attempts, career high. 60.9 completion percentage, a career high. 16 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, and went to the Pro Bowl. And that still wasn't good enough to get that conditional <laughs> second round pick. So maybe that's why the, the Bengals haven't done it too much since then. Um, there were some other big ones uh, that that they did. Um, bat, we, we've talked about this before with the, the whole narrative out there about Joe Burrow possibly pulling an Elway and um, shot that down. Joe shot it down. But the year after Elway pulled the Elway in, in 83, in 84, the Bengals drafted Ricky Hundley, linebacker, and he refused to play for the Bengals. He would not sign. Um, the, the Bengals ended up trading him for three picks, and they were uh, they were ones that – were two and eighty six and one and eighty seven. They were they kind of kicked those picks way down the road, and uh, those picks turned into wide receiver Tim McGee, uh, safety David Fulcher, and a punter Greg Horn. But obviously, a pretty nice haul there to get McGee and Fulcher. Um, so they, they they did it a lot, ten times from sixty eight to ninety three, and then that Boomer deal kind of soured them, and they've they've only done it twice since then. Maybe that's what maybe that's what happens next. I I, I still don't. Yeah, I mean, because both of those, both of the ones they've done since '93 come with asterisks. I mean, Ben Wickery was yeah. literally just it, someone's actually willing to give us something for this dude. Okay, <laughs> and then Palmer obviously came with the current year pick attached to it, so it was just sort of an add-on. Uh, you know, perhaps uh, that's what we end up with. I, I think. The other thing about the, you know, I've mentioned this a few times, how you end up with uh, the fit, the number 50 overall of the Bears uh, without going to future years. I mean, it could just be a pick swap if you're talking about taking the Bears mm-hmm. number 50 and giving up your, uh, you know, maybe that first pick in the fourth round or the first pick in the fifth round or something like that. Um, you know, you're moving up, uh, you're moving up big spots, but the Bears feel like that, you know, they still don't lose getting picks while adding a quarterback. You know, that, there's lots of there's lots of ways to make that happen. Still, obviously, there's tons of value in that number fifty overall. But you know, consider that would probably be a part of it. As would eating some of that salary, which we talked about last week. Uh, as far as you know, you could take on some of that money and help defuse that, and maybe he renegotiates with the Bears a little bit and makes it a little easier for them to handle financially, and they and then everybody makes it all work. We shall see. Um. Run pass or boot time. Uh, we we can go in. So we've got free. The, it's this is about when the Bengals will make their first move in free agency. How long will they wait? 
how long will Bengals fans just sit there like sharpening their knives? <laughs> I just have this I have this vision of Bengals fans just sitting there with like you know the the barber chair with the strap yeah. on the side. Yes. <laughs> Like they have like they have they have a cardboard cutout of Joe Burrow in the in placed into the chair, but they're just sitting behind it with the one just sharpening the knives behind it as the minutes tick off from the start of the new league year at four o'clock. Just thinking about murderous thoughts about You said you were gonna be more aggressive. (laughs) You were gonna be more aggressive. We need aggression. Meanwhile they're armadilloing it down the train tracks. Uh, so when will their first pick be officially announced? We'll call this inbox timestamp. Okay. So it doesn't mean reported. It doesn't mean verbal agreement. We're talking official release sent to our inboxes. Will that be Wednesday or Thursday next week? Friday, or I'll say Friday or Saturday, or Sunday or later. So you've got two, couple of two day, two two day windows, and then the forever Bengals fans burning down the house option. I'm booting Wednesday or Thursday just because I do think there's a chance they could be active early and, and, and maybe come to an agreement. But the, the way the Bengals like to do, they will not announce it officially until they have the signature on paper. And if it's going to be an early in free agency guy, a kind of a splash guy, they're going to want him here to do a press conference. So it's not going to be like signing the thing and faxing it and doing all that. They're going to, they're going to fly him in and have him sign it in person and then have the presser. So just Wednesday, Thursday seems not even likely. And because of that, I think I would even, I'll, I'll pass on, on Friday or Saturday just because they may want to push the, the presser till Monday. So I, I'm going to run with, with Sunday or later and I'll pass on Thursday or Friday or Saturday and I will boot Wednesday or Thursday. I just, I don't see anything happening that early. No faith. No, no faith. faith at all. You're, you're the snail on top. We, I mean, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna run with Friday Saturday. Okay, I think we see I think we see something of some sort relatively earlier, and then I am going to the question for. I think there's a chance we that they come to some sort of. Uh, nah, there's not. <laughs> I, was gonna, I think there's a chance they come to some sort of agreement uh, before in the tampering window and then be one of the teams to release, you know, send it into the league at four o'clock on Wednesday. But that's probably that's that seems un- it just seems unlikely. So I'll I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll run with Friday, Saturday. I will pass Sunday or later. And I'll, I'll boot Wednesday, Thursday. Maybe and maybe I'll be looked. I'll end up looking silly, but yeah, I'll I'll boot Wednesday, Thursday as well. But I think Friday, Saturday is definitely in play. Major first wave goes through. They kind of make some sort of aggressive play for the next guy. Sneak it in there before the weekend. 
We'll see how that turns out. Do we? Do we ever? Did you ever do the final tally on our run passer boot standings? No, I'm, I'm close. I'm I'm up through week twelve. I, I will have that. That'll be my homework for this week. New I homework. Just, the, the two the two assignments I gave me last week ate up some time, so I will <laughs> I will definitely get the rest of the the December run passer boots graded, and it's close. It's it's you're one pick ahead of me with with five weeks to go. I like it. I like it. Um. All right. So quick rundown again. Uh, next week. We'll be in the legal tampering window uh, when we come live. So really, we're gonna we're gonna plan on the the podcast the, sort of the same Tuesday time. Um, but at that point, we're gonna sort of be moving into emergency podcast mode. We'll just be in constant standby, DefCon three, uh, to see when if something large happens, we will. Uh, try to get the troops together and, and make sure we can throw something together to weigh in for you, uh, as it goes. Um, but otherwise for now, we're sort of planning on one, uh, during the legal tampering window. We'll see where that, uh, ends up. So that's the plan for now. After that, it's a free for all. It's a free for all. And, and as, as for now, owners meetings still on tap for the end of this month as well. Uh, Jay, you'll be down there assuming they still have it. Uh, and so we've got that coming on later this month, so we'll have some more. That will be Mike will talk, assuming he goes. Um, who knows if he will go or not um, with all this coronavirus stuff going around. Yeah, that's a so, big if. Yeah, I I would – it would make a lot of sense that he stays back, uh, but, you know, who knows. Um, anyways, so all that going on the rest of this month. We'll sort of be in emergency podcast mode for a while um, and be here for you. So anyway – that's all I got. Jay, do you have anything else you'd like to add? Um, no, I think we've covered it all. I'm You're right. There's nothing else to say. Tampering. Not Bengals yet. still Bengals still selecting Joe Burrow number one overall. Do we have, do we have to make sure we say that every podcast in case somebody wants to come out and report otherwise? Yeah, so. it was not discussed. Rumblings inside. Now they're changing yeah. their mind. I did enjoy and and you know I like I like Albert Breer. Uh, but I did. I do have to point this out that this was said in his Monday morning quarterback of of his take on AJ Green was that he's hearing, getting a sense that AJ Green might not show up at off season pro, uh, program because of this contract situation. I wonder what's giving that sense. The fact that he said it multiple times to like different to everyone. Yeah. I literally asked him point said, blank and he I'm said, not, no, can't do it. I am not coming to the off season program. I have a sense AJ Green might not come to the offseason program. Sources say. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, sorry. I'll, I just had to sneak that in. All right, I'm out of here. We'll talk to you next time. We get to talk to this crowd. <laughs>